0: Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with Lisa Skye who I've had on the podcast before. I would consider Lisa a friend of the podcast and we talked about fashion and synesthesia and uh, why they're not a hat guy and relationships and why I'm going to be an old woman who is in a lot of trouble at some point in my life. Uh, thank you everybody who has signed up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. That's if you sign up for the $5 a month thing, you get access to the full download of The Resistance. And you can just sign up for a month to get access to that and download it. If you don't want to be a $5 a month subscriber, you can drop it to a dollar. That's the most that anything else will cost. I occasionally do a post that's about a dollar. If you just want to follow me online on Twitter at Alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. If you're in Sydney, I'm going to be there from the 4th to the 8th at the Enmore doing my show, Empire. And I'll be in Perth from the 10th to the 14th for that, uh, if you want to come and see Empire. Otherwise, hit me up, email me at Fraser at gmail.com. Those always cheer me up immensely. Thank you everybody who's come over from listening to The Bugle. I'm sorry, this is not a satirical podcast. It is a podcast in which I have tea and a chat about difficult ideas. So it tends to be more serious than funny. Uh, that's about all from me this week. I will see you next week. You're having tea with Alice. How are you? Hi there, good. Uh, do you want to say who you are and what you're going to drink?
1: Yes. Um, oh, yeah, not with chamomile. Not, not chamomile put <laughs> no. you no, to sleep.
0: No, I just hate it.
1: it. It tastes like if, um, like a knitting needle was dipped in sugar, but then the, sh- the sweetness was removed from the sugar, and then it's just put here on the bridge of your nose, balanced. Yeah, oh, that's a
0: very specific. Are you? Do you have synesthesia? <laughs>
1: Maybe a little, <laughs> a little bit,
0: because that's a very specific. <laughs> but it's it's
1: that it's that feeling. It's that no sugarless sugar needle.
0: Uh, just not not that satisfying, kind of
1: thing. Yeah, un- too. Oh. too
0: for me, it tastes a bit like straw, but in a mm. nice way.
1: Oh, nice straw. What have it does put me to sleep, like clonk, probably. Really? Yeah. I need about four maze for that. <laughs> or two immovane. Or don't know one and a half, still not. Are. I'm Lisa Skye. Hi. Um, hi, I'm what? Uh, father, lover, educator.
0: You are all of those things. You mm. wear many hats, but no hats. But no your hats. Is lovely. But
1: oh, yeah, I had to Many ask. metaphorical hats. <laughs> I had to uh do my yearly reminder to ask Chris, my husband, to remind me that I'm not a hat guy. You're not a hat guy? I, I can't. And because I see them and it's just another accessory, I'm like, oh, maybe this year I'll be a hat guy. It's just, I can't, I'm not...
0: Yeah, I can do a very specific kind of hat, mm. I think. But uh, it's this, this this kind of very curly hair, you run the risk of getting a w- weird triangle head.
1: Yeah, see, because I've got my hair so fine and thin and shitty, it... um. I get hat flat, but mm. real bad, and you like so it's it's one in all in if you, if I 'm wearing a hat i 'm wearing it for the whole day.
0: Yes, which means yeah. you can 't really do a hat with a brim if you 're going to go daytime to nighttime, mm-hmm. or you have to have a replacement hat
1: mm. I do wear a hat to a wedding though mm. i 've got my, my fancy wedding hat for when I feel
0: because you get you've got to wear a hat at a wedding i didn't know that was a requirement,
1: yeah no one does, but I want to bring it back
0: yeah, I want to bring back the man is a man is unclothed without his hat, maybe that's the yeah. Jewish. <laughs> Uh, heritage in me speaking but some uh, part of me wants to do the yeah oh how rude he's he was not wearing his hat i would love that just gasp yeah and i've been listening to too much of the dollop because there's yes you know, the back hat's in history. everywhere yeah the hats everywhere <laughs> and i was just like yeah we don't have enough hat ha- hat requirements people
1: just don't make a bloody effort anymore no like even if i don't agree with what they're wearing even if they're wearing earth tones which make me a bit sick like at least they're putting an effort Why in. Why
0: do earth tones make you f- sick? I don't know. Is it the synesthesia again? I'm <laughs> diagnosing you on the
1: fly, I reckon. <laughs> well, no, because you know how some colours make you feel like you're being buried alive? Kind of, you know. No, you know this. You, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know the <laughs> regular normal thing yes. of when you see a lot of kind of camel tones? Like remember when camel yes. was the big colour? Oh,
0: I do not like that. Or greyish. Oh, no. It's not yeah. a
1: colour. Oh, mild grey. Oh um but yeah i like if if they're wearing a lot of earth earth tones at least they're making an effort people don't make an effort with their clothes they just wear clothes it's like people would buy like 3 kilos of mixed clothes and then just put them on themselves
0: i didn't know you could buy 3 kilos of mixed clothes
1: no that's why i think i, I think that's a money making idea
0: yeah why not if you
1: just went to an op shop and bought like 3 kilos of size x clothes clothes by weight yeah
0: I mean, it would work because often the kind of more expensive fabrics are weightier. You know, you've got your mm. leather and you've got your silk and those have a bit of heft to them. Even wool, really, if you wet it. Silk
1: doesn't have heft. Silk is like... Pffs.
0: True, but if, you, if it's in a bolt, it sort of does.
1: Yeah, but this is in a shirt.
0: Oh, true. I'm wrong. I'll take it back. <laughs> fancy buttons, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And extra buttons on fancy shirts, yes. which add extra weight. That's how they get you. It's like bean bags. The bean bag covering is very cheap. Pure gold
0: buttons. They get you on the (laughs) bean.
1: Pure gold. Um, But I just want people to make an effort with their clothes. And... Oh, look, I mean, I'm saying this. I I understand the irony. I'm in full potato gear right now. That's,
0: I mean, but you wear very bright colours. Why? What do those uh, taste like to you, or feel like to Happiness. you? Happiness,
1: like sunshine. And oh, now I have to now I have to really just take my time on this because you're you're fixing our tea and you're off mic. Um, no, bright colours to me. This is the thing. I genuinely don't understand why more people don't dress like me. Because I like um. Well, not, not necessarily like me, but why people don't dress more, I guess, quote-unquote, outlandishly. Like, people tend to think... Um, people say that I'm brave for wearing what I do, which I, it shouldn't be. And the annoying thing is that sometimes it flippin' well is. I forget whether I can swear on this podcast. You,
0: you absolutely can. Whether, swear away. I,
1: whether I flippin' heckin', heckin' well, you know, jinkies. Um <laughs> But actually, I'm going to say you can't swear on this podcast because I'm enjoying your <laughs> your
0: euphemisms.
1: They're making me happy. But like, what what a normal costume... Oh god, I'm doing like the, the wog wrist now because I'm getting angry. But like a normal day look for me is you know kind of um, like well balanced, say neon tones. Um, that just okay. makes me happy to look at it. It feels nice on my eye, and it, it brings up joy, like <laughs> like it bubbles up. It makes me feel effervescent, mm-hmm. um, and and the fact that people have to comment on that and stuff, it just gets me so angry because it shouldn't it shouldn't matter that I'm wearing bright clothes. Everyone should be wearing what they want to wear that makes them happy. And if that's even Jean, if it's earth, to- even earth if
0: tones. Even if it's earth
1: tones, even if I just want people to consider consider their lives and their and 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 the billboard that is them.
0: Yeah, I tend to try to have a, a sort of a semi-neutral billboard mm. in that I'll, I'll wear the same thing for about three months that's mm. sort of I'll find something I will make some effort because I know that's part of the job of particularly women but definitely mm. performers in general you have to look like something mm. but then I will just wear that and it will generally sort of fade into neutrality at least in my mind that yeah that I'm what I'm wearing isn't the focus. What I'm saying is the focus.
1: Oh, yeah. See, I I tend to wear out, like, I, I have a very hard style direction and I tend to wear that out and, and wear the same thing. Like, I have the same amazing pair of um, neon green sports socks from Barcode uh, four times. You know, like, I have the same pair of taggings six times, you know. Um, so, yeah, I have, like, matchy-matchy, but I don't know.
2: Yeah,
0: I have. About, at the moment, I have two pairs of sort of shiny black tights, Mm. uh, two Uniqlo black, um, tight uh, black.
1: Situations?
0: Just a straight shirt, sort of almost semi-transparent. It's it's quite comfy and then I'll have a little jacket that I wear over that and Mm. that's it.
2: Mm.
0: That's it. I don't have to worry about what I wear in the morning. I don't have to think about it. It's brain space that I can put on something else because... Yeah, I, I, I resent that thing where women are judged for what they wear. Yeah, maybe it's because... But we've both taken different tacks. Like, we have the yeah. same issue <laughs> and then we've taken different tacks on it. That I, I say, you know, you're never going to accuse me of wearing the same outfit twice in a row because I'm wearing it for three months in a row, so fucking get over it.
1: And I'm like, well, look at all of the things I'm wearing. Look, look at them. that? Yeah, how do you, you like that? You cannot judge what you do not know.
0: <laughs> do you follow fashion then?
1: No, um, I exploit fashion for my own uses. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's things I like and things I don't like. And um, then, you know, like if my colours are in, like in summer is where I buy most of my year-round wardrobe because there tends to be brighter colours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and, and sluttier clothes as well um, because I'm having a real effort trying to find a booty short right now um you know a booty short for the husky thrifty gentleman
0: so of course i i know what a booty short is but would you describe it for our listeners yeah yeah it's
1: just it's a it's a short Slash, i know nothing about fashion <laughs> it's <laughs> a it, it's a very very short short mm-hmm. um but i don't want denim no no i I don't want blue denim it's a short short and a short um, that
0: shows a bit of your bottom
1: sometimes if you're lucky yeah mm-hmm. or or just kind of very much indicates that that's where one's bottom is
0: mm-hmm.
1: mm. Bit of a, have a look at this.
0: Oh, this is what a Moroccan man. Mm. That kind of thing. Why not blue denim?
1: Ugh, makes me sick. <laughs> just You know, jeans. similar a
0: different way to
1: earth tones? Oh, both. Same. I don't know. I get so angry. at. I don't know why I'm so angry at blue jeans. Because everyone, it's just, it's the bloody, what is it? It's just so default, you know? Ugh, It a implies blue a lack gene. of thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. wake up fashion sheeple no oh, oh gross <laughs> um but imagine if i was that guy um no i i don't yeah like i don't follow fashion at all um but when a thing that i'm into is in fashion i'll buy up mm-hmm. and you know kind of have it for the for the <laughs> remaining years until it it, it, it dies
0: hmm. that's a that's a good way to be i reckon <laughs> uh, you can put your bag in this if you like
1: ah bag in a zoom.
0: Bag in a zoom box because mm. I haven't brought a little tray. Um, if once it's reached you the appropriate strength, I don't think you can oversteep a non tea tea, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 because it doesn't get tanniny. Whereas, like something with, you know, green tea even can get a little bit, yeah, I was gonna say, if green you leave tea it in too long and a little bit retchy. Huh. Uh, whereas, whereas a sort of a fruit tea, I feel like it just gets more intense, more of its kind. If it doesn't, It doesn't turn in the way mm. that tea left in a pot too long will turn.
1: I'm an intense guy. You <laughs> are an
0: intense uh, guy, but do you think a very I am though?
1: Because this is the thing that's really weird. I th- I don't know why people kind of find me <sighs> um, like they don't want to kind of call me when I when I stuff up. You know, they don't want to call me on it.
0: They find you scary, yeah, or intimidating, yeah, yeah or could be that you. your nails are sharpened into
1: points. I mean, look, that's an excellent point.
0: Uh, it I. <laughs> I feel like as yeah, I have a similar thing, which is where I have been accused, <laughs> noted for many years. I don't know whatever it is mm. for being n- a non-conformist. Mm. But I don't think of myself as being aggressively non-conformist. I th- I, I think m- people, many people are conformist. I'm. I, I guess we all just put ourselves as at the center of a spectrum rather no matter where we yeah. are, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you think you're moderate no matter where you are yeah, on the spectrum, exactly. cause yeah, there yeah. are people more extreme than you and people <laughs> less extreme than you. Um,
2: I think
1: with you it comes from intelligence and for me it's the other way because, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not intelligent at all but I'm eloquent and I'm quick. I'm eloquent because I was lucky enough to have a, you know, kind of good education and I'm quick just because that's how my brain works. So I trick people into thinking I'm smart. Um, but with you, you're not conformist I think maybe because you think about things and you're smarter than... Just going with the default. Yeah, whereas I with don't me, that's smart. I think other people are dumb. But see, <laughs> <laughs> whereas there with me, that just doesn't occur people. to me <laughs> to be normal. Because I'm like, no, but I'm happy this way. And they're like, yes, but think about the implications. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that.
0: I think it's that you don't think about. I don't think about the implications. Mm. I, it, it or if I do think about the implications, I think the people executing the implications are wrong. Yes. <laughs> and so it doesn't doesn't make me feel less than. Mm. if somebody doesn't like me for the way I am. I mean, it could make me feel sad if I've hurt their feelings by not being the way they want me to be, but mm. that's a different thing.
1: What do you reckon, if you walked past you in 30 years on the tram, what do you reckon they would look like?
0: Oh, 30 years from now, I'm going to be a good old lady, I reckon. I've got mm. cheekbones and a personality.
1: So you're on the tram?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's you in 20 years? Me in 20 years. And... And the phone rings of, of t- no, thirty year you. The phone rings and and they answer it. What what's all that about? What are you what are you seeing?
0: Uh, why would they be calling me?
1: Don't know. It Could be anyone. No no sorry wait I okay hang on I'll I'll explain it better. So Alice now gets on the tram mm-hmm. and spots Alice in thirty years time. Mm-hmm. Alice in thirty years time's phone rings and they answer it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what's, what's all of that about? Like, what do they look like? Who are they talking to? What are they saying? Are they well-spoken? What's a lot about?
0: Uh, I think future me will probably have written a book. Mm. I would like that.
1: So you call it, you're talking to your publisher, see? I'm talking to
0: my publisher mm. about something, mm. some scandal probably. I imagine at some point <laughs> I'll be deplatformed for something.
1: Ooh, nice. You know, th-
0: I, I I just can't imagine that there's a tweet that isn't already out there that's going to be dragged up and shoved in my face. I I genuinely think anyone who has an outspoken opinion at this point that isn't on the bleeding edge of what's called progressive mm. is going to get dragged through the coals yeah, at some point.
1: Are they really like? I mean, God, I said things five years ago, ten years ago, but that was five, ten years ago. Yeah. And I'm different now. But and I I I'm better d- now. But that
0: doesn't really seem to matter anymore. You know, things like, you look at G- Germaine Greer, she was on the cutting edge of feminism for a long time and then she continued to believe what was then the cutting edge of feminism, which mm. is that uh, femalehood is biological and mm. and that's, you know, that was a totally reasonable position to have and mm. not necessarily an aggressive position to have until until the environment shifted from tolerance to sort of a, a demand that you embrace difference, not just mm. tolerate it. Mm, 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 so for her to say, I don't think uh, trans women are real women, but I'm not going to stop them doing whatever they want, even if I find it a bit gross, is now considered incredibly... Uh, bordering on hate speech, mm, mm. and in fact, for many people, over the line of hate speech, yeah. to say, I don't believe in your identity, yeah. is considered an aggressive act, which I don't think it was 20 years ago yeah. considered an aggressive act. But she just hasn't moved forward. So I'm sure there's stuff – my point is you know, not that her uh, views are good. Mm. <laughs> I I think they're extremely silly. I think the breadth of the experience of femaleness is so wide – you know, my experience of being a woman is very different from the experience of a 12-year-old girl in rural China. Mm. I think it's broad enough that we can include <laughs> in that breadth of experience people who were not born with female organs in the same way as the definition of marriage has changed from an alliance between families to two people who love each other. yeah. I think yeah. Those, there's, there's a broad enough thing that we can now welcome in things that wouldn't have fit that category before, but the mm. category's changed a little bit. Yes. Anyway... My p- what was my point? My point is not that I think that those views are good. It's that I'm sure that there are views that I hold now that in twenty years will be seen as abhorrent. But and I will be you know dragged over the coals for them.
1: Yeah, but do you reckon you would be changing your opinion? Like you in in twenty years would be like because because you're very. I think this is the. Uh, I mean, I did my thesis on generational discourse, so I'm gonna like bloody bring it back to that. But um, do it do <laughs> like. Uh, kind of anyone like after Gen X is used to, for example, this is a really superficial um, example, but constantly software updates, you know, Mm. Um, like you look at the Gmail interface from 10 years ago and it's almost totally different, you know, like we're used to adapting, we're used to changing in a much, much quicker way life is happening at us than any other generation uh, who has, you know, done the done living <laughs> and, yeah. um i i think that we will be more inclined to change our opinion and more inclined to kind of keep second guessing ourselves and keep improving and keep uh and, and be much more i don't know i guess transient in our beliefs yeah. or flexible or malleable um
0: yeah i agree with that to a certain extent but i feel like i still have some of i, I think i'm relatively adaptable but I still have some of that quite um, strictly brought up sense of morality and justice. Mm. And I'm not sure that I can slide on those things. I don't think they're a matter of perspective. I think, for example, one of the things that's happening at the moment that I'm not really bending on Mm. is I still have this kind of uh, 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 enlightenment ideal, really old-fashioned enlightenment ideal that people should be treated like people. Yes. And... That has become obviously complicated by identity politics. In that, it is harder for some people to be treated like people because they're starting on the back foot in the social, socio-economic way, and so mm. they have more struggles. The progressive movement has gone a step further than that in saying that that is, that's like a fundamental element of their personhood is this disadvantage, mm. and therefore they need you, you need to fight to. Uh, compensate for that in every situation for that disadvantage Mm. but that but 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 saying that to me seems like uh, like i get where it comes from and i get where it's useful but i think it is a bad trend because i think you can reinforce that disadvantage by compensating for it yeah to like to a little bit of like i'm not full libertarian i'm not like Everyone should fight their way through <laughs> whatever. You know, I mean, you know, I made myself and I'm... A, you know, like... <laughs> a, I don't yeah. believe that. But there's something... Uh, there's something that I feel that is potentially, like, crippling or toxic well, about it, it the way that we talk about... Well, the other. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. makes you... Like, 50 years ago, um, Italian and Irish were considered non-white categories on the census in Australia. Huh. Up until the 60s. Mm. Uh, and America too, I think. Up, uh, so this is the thing. And those cultures are no longer considered non-white. Yeah. Like you wouldn't say an Italian person is non-white and you yeah. wouldn't say an Irish person is non-white, definitely. So that shifting of categorization, I think, works when you have a, a culture that sort of says everyone should reach personhood or be treated as an equal, but it doesn't necessarily work when you say, well, these people are disadvantaged mm. in every circumstance, in every situation, that they can't, you know, you can't be spoken to in this way or they have to have these things. Mm. I feel like that sort of almost almost uh, calcifies the hierarchy. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the right belief to have, but I feel like that's something that where I'm getting left behind by the movement of culture. Like I don't know if, even, even though I acknowledge disadvantages that people have and I think it's important to kind of make allowance for and consider those disadvantages when you're talking to somebody Mm. I don't think that they need always be disadvantages yeah and I don't think for example that those disadvantages hold true in every situation in the situation where (laughs) you have a gender studies class and there's one white dude in there Mm. and he wants to have an opinion Mm he can be bullied even though he's a white dude who has his privilege. Like mm. what it, what is done in those classes to those guys who are like, well, actually, yeah. that's still bullying.
1: Yeah,
0: I think the s- so <laughs> like, you know,
1: even though on a broad – I'm just so- tucking my misandry back in because yeah, you are right.
0: But you know what I mean? That <laughs> yeah. that there's, and, and, and that disadvantage in that situation is used as though it was still present in that room. Yeah. When it isn't really in that room at that time – people's framework doesn't shift and it doesn't shift because he's not a person he's a category Mm. and I think by focusing on categories which we've started to do with identity politics it starts to strip people of personhood and starts to give them sort of points or disadvantage points that that I don't think are necessarily useful or good
1: yeah yeah I guess we can only hope then that it's a a temporary thing you yeah. know, until I uh, know, but like, even goddamn, like, I read um, something on my online dating profile that I'd written, like, I'm gonna say maybe five or six years ago. Um, about was like, do spelling mistakes annoy you? And I said yes, because I said literacy is hot, and that was me, you know, as little as five years ago, but now I'm like, well, no, that's actually a really classist kind of thing because you know, people um, who you know, didn't have a good education for whatever thing, aren't going to be able to spell because you learn spelling. Um, yeah. And I kind of, I don't know, I uh, like effort is hot, not literacy. <laughs>
0: yeah, one of the most attractive things I find in people, and this is a terrible uh, thing, but I find in, when somebody uses the correct word but mm. mispronounces it, they use it in context- the right word because to oh, yeah, like me hyperbol- that's yeah that's yeah, the sign yeah, yeah. of somebody who is an autodidact somebody who's yes. read beyond their sort of the the language that the people around mm. them are using and has kind of extended themselves into into some unfamiliar territory so I find that really like yeah have, it's wonderful I have a friend who who says par for core rather than par for the course. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's, you know, it's a golfing metaphor. Yeah. Like it's a golfing analogy, like under par, over par, par for the course. That's what it is. But he doesn't know that because he's not surrounded by golf wankers. And I love that. <laughs> you know, I love that, that there's those things there that, that I find it, Yeah, I find that really appealing. Mm. I don't know when it, when it comes to spelling. I find, yeah, I have that kind of snobbery, I guess. Mm. But I, maybe, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't.
1: Oh, I definitely shouldn't. Um, and I mean, there's. I shouldn't mind if someone says like, "Hey there," using the wrong there. But I should mind if it's like how you, you know, with just a, a you, because that's laziness. Mm-hmm. You know. Um,
0: and you don't like laziness. No,
1: no, no. <laughs> um,
0: but where do you think that comes from?
1: Um, because I'm scared if I stop moving I'll become the awful toxic person I was in my teens and 20s when I was like had all these horrible undiagnosed things and I was desperately unhappy and mildly agoraphobic and yeah I need to keep this momentum going because I really like who I am now and I keep striving to be the best kindest most efficient, effective person I can be. And I'm already trying to pull off the impossible with being like fat and over 30 and weird and trying to make a living out of show business. (laughs) So
0: you got to go full speed ahead. I feel a little bit like that uh, as well, but I think mine comes a little bit, at at least a little bit from the idea that you are what you do, Mm. which I'm not sure if I believe, but I certainly feel.
1: I think you are your art.
0: Yeah, I don't know even about art. I think even the things you say, the things you think, count as mm. actions, um, and and you know the way you cultivate your brain and and. I I have relatives mm. who are lovely, 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 lazy, talented, talented, lazy uh-uh. people. Yeah, and one of the reasons I was a lawyer for so long was because I didn't want to be. For me, that was the model of creativity was yeah. the, the crea- creative who didn't complete anything, and <laughs> because my mum had MS and she was never sure if her failure to complete things was a result of endemic laziness or yeah or this disease, like she couldn't tell the difference, and that was agonizing for her <coughs> because you know she got it so young. So for me, that's a that's a massive paranoia of starting projects you always have the energy that new relationship energy with the project where yeah. you're just like, yeah this is driving forward but completing things i'm sort of i'm very down on myself if i let something slip or Same, let something yeah. fall off the wagon and it can lead me to various not particularly healthy things staying in friendships or in contact with people who are not the best because i want to yep. you know, i want to finish co- i want to complete the friendship yeah I exactly don't want to yeah end it i want to i want to f- Run it to its natural conclusion, not cut it short. Yeah, in mean, all sorts of relationships, I feel that way. I need to give it a chance. I need to see what I can do. I can, you know, it's a, it's not always the best thing, mm. but it is a compulsion that I have.
1: Yeah, that completionist kind of. I, I mean, I'm the same. I, uh, this year, I'm not doing Melbourne Fringe for the first year in I think uh, nine years. Mm. Um, and I, I have a show I could bring. I have several shows I could bring. Um. But I just – I don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also – you know, Melbourne Fringe is, is mildly successful for me. Like I break even, you know, but it's a lot of time and it's a lot of time just after Edinburgh when I'm broken. Are um, you doing
0: Edinburgh this year? Yeah. What's Are you taking a show? No, no, no.
1: Or? I don't have another solo show in me for Edinburgh. Like I, I would – I'm, you know, kind of I, – I never say never obviously but it would take – a very drastic change of circumstance For me to bring another solo show and so it's What, not are, what I don't are
0: you taking over then?
1: Oh no, I'm just being Fringe Angel I'm oh, um, Lovely uh, I'm taking uh, a really fun show That I'm really excited about um, And Do you have a tissue? I do, ah. I'll get you one I'm taking a show I'm really excited about And I am Maybe co-producing a few things like usual And thank you Uh, I'm just, yeah, doing the usual thing of just being moral support to all of my extremely talented friends, running a a late night room and doing spots and being better at spots because I'm amazing at solo shows, but I'm not as good at spots.
0: Why do you think that is? Is it that people need to get used to you? I don't know. Or that you don't have the short form format down?
1: No, no, I do. I don't know. I mean, like um, the current solo show I'm touring, Spiders Wearing Party Hats, it's my first excellent show um, and I know like it took me a long time to kind of quote unquote admit that to myself but I mean people have paid to see it four times. You know, I've had friends who've come, you know, and it's not just friends who've come to support me, It's has friends who come and see it and then they see it every time and they pay money and they bring their friends, you know, like it's there's all these kind of, External. I guess, yeah, signifiers because I have no internal validation. There's all these like signifiers of that I haven't, had before with shows that were either average to fine or good enough um and so yeah but I don't want to take that to Edinburgh because I it doesn't deserve to be hated not hated but like it doesn't deserve the mass indifference that is the only option for a self-produced artist in Edinburgh yeah so yeah
0: I mean that is an interesting way to look at it the mass, ma- the mass indifference of a self-produced show, mm. because you're a very good producer. I don't know. I mean, the shows that you produce do well.
1: Nah, not really. I just did a season in Sydney where, you know, like four people and a dog saw it. Like I, How I did don't. Did the dog like it? <laughs> he thought it was bark tastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a horrible show because the whole time it was just like, "Hello, I love you." Hello, and he went. Mm. He said
0: wow wow wow. <laughs>
1: um yeah, no I don't I don't I don't get the numbers um that uh I should be getting and I don't know why. Um because like I said like you know every review I've had in the last 3 years have been exemplary and
0: yeah, I don't know, it's weird. I mean reviews don't seem to mean a lot.
1: Mm. Yeah, fucking clearly. <laughs> but um no, I don't know. I I don't I don't know why. And I think like, you know, kind of I have little, like, marks of su- success. Um, which, you know, shift as my bloody perception does. But, you know, things like oh, yeah, getting... Oh, the moment
0: you have it, you're like, well, that's worthless. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, how would I have had it?
1: <laughs> um, but, you know, getting peers to my shows. Like, I don't have many of my kind of artistic peers slash artistic betters, as in people who do better than me or are better artists or more experienced or more successful. Um, and I think it's because, you know, people see me do spots and go like, meh. Nah, this isn't going to be great, you know, so that's a, it's a big shame, but, um, I don't know, just keep going and maybe, maybe my role is going to be to kind of, you know, cause there's so many angles about me, like polyamorous and kinky and queer and, and getting older and, you know, being fat and like kind of beautiful in a very niche way and like a non-societal way. And, and maybe my role, I'm kind of be, like, starting to think, is just to kind of lie down the barbed wire so generations after me who maybe don't have as many angles as I do or have one more angle can just walk across my back and be more successful. And if that is the case, that's okay.
0: Is that your goal?
1: Not at all. Like my goal, goal is would to
0: be successful in your own right.
1: My goal, yeah, would be to, to be able to make a good wage out of, out of my art. With, um, what does
0: success look like? Is it just making a good wage, wave, wave, wage out of your heart?
1: Um, literally the only thing that would have to change for me to consider myself successful would be for more people to see my shows and for me to make more money. Because I'm getting better every, you know, all the time. Like I, I've kind of, it's it's really good actually because I've been doing this since 2008. So nearly a decade. And... um. I've only started getting good in, like, the last two years mm-hmm. and it's really nice to know that I'm good because it was really frustrating because, you know, how we, I guess, as artists, our critic kind of, you know, gets honed quicker than our art. And yes. so you know what you're doing isn't as good as you could be now and yeah. it just shits you.
0: And there's <laughs> that great Ira Glass quote about that particular mm. thing of, of part of... Part of being an artist is having taste but then you have to kind of overcome your own bad taste yeah yeah your own badness and you have to have enough arrogance to be to think that you can get to the point where it will that your own taste will be able to tolerate stomach yourself yes yeah I think my reach always exceeds my grasp slightly in Mm. terms of what I try to achieve with shows Mm. and how much I try to pack in and until I sort of until I refine a show down it's too much in one hour too much sort of crammed in yeah i need to strip it back uh maybe i'll do a very very simple show next year oh yeah or maybe i'll do the trilogy which is (laughs) my plan my plan is to do all three back to back
1: well i reckon like um oh the funny thing is the last two solo shows i've had the main story they were built on like the spine of the show has been ripped out before i even started performing it or like you know three shows in Um, it's really weird.
0: So how would you construct a show?
1: Oh, like, um, it it differs every time, but like this one kind of the last two were based on a really interesting story that either happened to me or happened, you know, in the case of my my previous one to my parents and, um, and kind of building a show around that Mm. and stories that relate to that. And then, but I, I'm kind of starting to write more organically now, like this show that I'm working on now. (gasps) <gasps> um, I've got what I want people to take away from it and I've got the title and then question mark, like ellipses question mark. Um, What's the title? Oh, I don't want to say it because it'll get stale. Uh, okay. Um Or what it might change. But I, like, oh, I don't know. I, I, um, I'm just scared because I'm living in the shadow of spiders wearing party hats, you know, because it was just such... I'm so proud of that show.
0: That's how I felt with Savage. Yeah. Doing the resistance after Savage. Mm. In my head, the resistance is an answer to a lot of the imagined criticisms that I had of Savage. Yeah. uh, Because I was so defensive about it because it was such a a show that meant a lot to me. Mm. So for me, the resistance, I had to prove first that I could do straight stand-up, that I could do things that were more mainstream funny. Mm. Uh, not skirting the line between comedy and tragedy so closely. But also I needed to prove that I could do something that was impactful on an emotional level without using that very tragic real-life event Mm. that's so... You know, you don't want someone to go, yeah, but anyone could tell that story and it would be sad. Mm. You know, anyone could tell that story and it would be that powerful a show. Yeah. Which I don't know that anyone... Would have thought about savage, but certainly that was what I feared people mm. might think mm. you know one of those shows i don't i don't, I never want it to be like anyone else's stuff, yeah, yeah, which is probably
1: cripplingly bad well no, that's what Caroline Ray says. she says like never ever tell a joke, someone else could tell, yeah, you know so like for example, there's that trope of every comedian has their tinder joke, um you know, every comedian has the Game of Thrones joke or whatever, like my tinder joke is about. You know, my husband joining Tinder because he's more private than I am and that kind of has a level of anonymity. And um, the, one of the first matches he got had no mutual friends, which was great for him because he's so private. And they had a mutual like. So he went to see what the mutual like was to start um, a conversation the mutual like was me. And that's a totally true story. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like that's I, – I feel a joke that not many people could tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's – so it's okay to kind of have – I guess, tropey jokes, but yeah, I don't think that's crippling at all. Like
0: My Tinder joke is about why I don't have a credit card.
1: <laughs> See? <laughs> that just already seems like a you joke.
0: Because I've never been on, on uh, a Tinder except for one terrible 45-minute period where I thought I could use it as advertising for a show and then realised I could not. <laughs> uh, but the the joke is that, you know... I had I, saw, I was talking to a friend and she'd seen a friend on Tinder, mm-hmm. but she, and she the kind of friend who she sort of might, but she didn't know if he liked her. Yeah. But you can't find out if he likes her without swiping yeah. right, and in, in which case he finds out that she likes him. Yeah, then it's like applying for a credit card. I don't. I want to know if I would get a credit card, <laughs> but you can't find out except by applying for a credit card. I don't want a credit card. It's just jet skis and regret all the way down. <laughs> so that's the that's the joke. That is so on brand <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah my my fear of debt <laughs> it
1: was like but it's everything it's like the like you know kind of fear of emotional exposure thinking yeah
0: <laughs> fear of fear of vulnerability fear of
1: uh commitment meanwhile i just like blindly because i i if i i use tinder when i'm traveling and i switch it to girls only and then i just swipe on everyone like i don't even look and then when I get, because it, it's a numbers game, and yeah, then when yeah. I get a you match. Do
0: the, you do the, uh, what's classically considered the male version of Tinder. Which <laughs> sure. Is
1: <laughs> and then if I get, like, I know someone who I know, I'll be like, oh, lol, I was using any, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but I know, I guess, kind of being queer and polyamorous means that you have to learn to be communicative real quick. Yeah. So do you
0: find yourself um, with, do you find yourself more or less selective about partners, given that you know you sort of have the whole? I mean, I would have choice paralysis. Oh yeah, I would be too super intimidated.
1: First one, then t'other. Um, a very classic, um, thing with poly is is when you first kind of become polyamorous, you date all the people, and that's what I did. Like, because it's it's I don't know it's a it's a weird phenomenon. Um, phenomenon, it's <laughs> <laughs> um, it's phenomenon. But Yeah, it's that you just, ah, date everyone. And then it becomes refined. Like, well, for example, now I am almost full gay. Like I have what, um, hang on, is it three? No, four. I have four men I'm involved, like cisgendered men I'm involved with. But I've been involved with all of them for four years or more. So, you know, my boyfriend who um, we live, you know, I live with, my boyfriend and my husband, that's like four and 15 years respectively. 13 years respectively, and then my submissive and um, a lover I have in Sydney, and it's like they got to me early, <laughs> and now I just can't with guys, um, because I've already got the good ones, I think. Um, yeah, there's no
0: empty niche of a need that needs to be
1: met. Maybe, maybe. yeah, but with oh, with I've women, got someone for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I. Whereas with kind of femmes and, and, and women, I I just I, – I've never had a type. Whereas with guys, I have um, – oh, do it. Like I, I had to do the uh, festival passes and I had my boyfriend, my submissive, my husband, passport photos of them all. This is two years ago or one year – no, two years ago. And I realised that they looked exactly the same almost, like their faces. Like, and But because they're in different aspect ratios, I didn't realise. <laughs> because my husband's kind of like short to average and you know pretty stocky and my boyfriend's like very tall and shaped like a tombstone very naturally muscular and my submissive is kind of average height but like skinny hipster boy that you can throw around um and so i just kind of i guess i guess because my face blindness too i i I know, And I, I said to Nathan, my tech, I was like, "Ah, oh, my God, look, 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 look. And he's like, yeah, we thought you knew. <laughs> we all knew this. We just assumed that that was what you were going for. And I was like, oh, why? Why is this? And because they all had the same shaped hair as well. Oh, no. Yeah, it was real weird.
0: So it's not just a matter of biology.
1: It's also a matter of style. Yeah,
0: exactly. Do they wear similar clothes?
1: Ish. Oh, no. Kind of. Actually, yeah. See, I say like, oh, no, no, no. One's a metalhead um, surfer, one's a hipster and one's a goth metalhead. But really, it's the same.
0: Yeah, it's all sort of, yeah. It's
1: all black jeans and t-shirts.
0: <laughs> Line them up and take a photo.
1: Oh, yeah, I should. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that.
0: You were saying that the women that you date are all different.
1: Oh, Yeah. Yes, I'm like some creepy like Latino, like women are gorgeous creatures, mm. all of them. I don't know, I just, I don't yeah, have
0: Yeah, I always don't like that, but yes, I, <laughs> understa- I understand that. The way that I think of it is when I did uh, Surf Lifesaving, you go to Surf Lifesaving Club and there are people of all different ages, all walking around nude in the changing room, all mm. different body types. Mm. And I find it very reassuring because everybody is beautiful in one way and also ugly in another. Depending mm. on your mood, mm. you sort of see the hideousness in everyone, and it's reassuring, or you see the beauty in everyone, and it's very reassuring. Mm. Uh, but I think, yes, when, <laughs> when, when you meet those guys who are like, "Oh, I love all women," it's yeah. like, "Well, like, are you a jellyfish? Like, what are you? <laughs> where's your discrimination, and where's the flattery in that as well? Where's the appeal in?" Oh no, I
1: love, I love that. Like, I've had, uh, I have an ex who just loved. Women, people who are women, and I thought that was really sweet and wonderful. And because it wasn't like, I don't know, it, it's hard because it wasn't like, yeah, anything. It was like, yes, you, because you know, I love your big belly, and you, because I love the curve of your spine, and you, because you know, you like, I can see your ribs. Like it was, it was these very specific, targeted things that he loved about everyone, but it was just all different. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: each sort of element was like metonymy. This bit represents woman in this way.
1: I guess, yeah. Your ribs
0: are very womanly. Your belly is very womanly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like this represents you and you're a woman and that's good. I don't know. Yeah, it was just, it was very nice. Um, But I I guess
0: Yeah, I think I'm probably a little bit too traditional in my ideas of of love. I want to be Mm. wanted for me and I want only me.
1: But it was, injured. oh yeah, only is, yeah, to the exclusion of others is weird. But like,
0: yeah, I mean, it probably is and it's unrealistic as well.
1: But no, no, I, that's what we've all been kind of brought up to to expect is yeah. monogamy. And I mean, I have that, yeah, it's not, it's not. I have the privilege of doing that for people anyway. Um, so I kind of can't talk to that. Because I'm just so weird. I'm so niche.
0: <laughs> You're so niche. The ones they go, you, there's no other you. Yeah. If you feel a need that they didn't know they had, now they know they have it and you only you can feel it.
1: Yes. Yes, well, I've only had one person. Oh, no, but then they flipped back. Um, I had one person who didn't want to have sex with me after we'd already had sex once. And that screwed me up because I was like, but why? Um, And, but then they came back after a while um no i do have a type do they have of a reason woman. it's the type that it's scorpios who destroy me that's that's the type
0: what is a scorpio to a, you okay
1: this is the only thing i know about star signs is that scorpios are like 22nd or 21st of october to the 20, 22nd or 21st of november star signs are bullshit in my opinion but my mum's a scorpio and the two Girls I've dated most seriously are Scorpios, and they've both just destroyed me. In and, what way
0: destroyed you? Oh, it
1: just hurt my heart, and you know, like really, kind of weren't just just dropped me, just unceremoniously got sick of me and bleh. and oh, <laughs> um, and I didn't realize that either of them. It wasn't like uh, confirmation bias or anything like that. Like. Uh, one of my friends who's super into star signs was saying about Scorpios and I was like, Oh when is and they said and I'm like, Oh, that's when blah was Oh, that's when Blah was, oh, and that's my mom. Ah oh, oh. <laughs> and so it was like a full year after the kind of most recent one. Um, and yeah, I read an article that said like star signs are bullshit, but everything about Scorpios is completely true. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> why, yeah.
0: I um, mean there there is that saying of like don't expect the scorpion not to sting you. It's in his nature. Yeah yes yes but i don't know if that has anything to do with scorpios i don't I yes don't know it is signs. it is the thing it is the thing it's and no matter how much they might have the best intentions at <laughs> heart they will just do what they do which is yes. betray you yes. with their bottoms and you're i don't just know the, yes
1: they'll butt you and you're just a <laughs> turtle who wants to swim them across a the thing and be cool I'm the turtle, Alice. You're the turtle. I'm a nice guy turtle. You're just a lizard in a crash helmet. Exactly. <laughs> and I just want to get us both to the thing so we can enjoy that paddock. Bloody, I I hate that I'm this person now, but I will genuinely go on a date with someone and they will have all the angles and if they say they're born between those months, I will not date them because fool me twice, ouch.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's fool dumb. Me, fool me three times, scorpion venom is cumulative like arsenic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you might die. Right.
1: Be, and I know that's dumb, but it's happened twice and the only two times that I've been like, you know, kind of seriously involved with women. Oh, I slept with a girl in Sydney on the weekend. I'll have to see when her birthday is because I have feelings for her. Um, oh, no.
0: But if you found out that she was a Scorpio, would you cut yep. it short? Really? Yep. That- I mean, surely, you, I mean, two is not enough to build a data no, it sample. That was real
1: bad. It was real bad both
0: times. I mean, they're big data points, but they're not necessarily more data points, if you know what I mean. So what,
1: you're saying I should try one more.
0: I'm saying... You're
1: saying I should try one more, isn't it?
0: I am suggesting that you're, like, from a scientific point of view, mm. at least you'd want to correlate more data samples. And given that you're the only sort of, um, what do you call it, Sort of control in yes. this in this it's not like you can ask your friends who've dated scorpios because the interpersonal relationships are so specific yes uh, although you, they do agree be, it has to be your relationships mm. i think you need to get at least eight more under your belt before you can get any kind of statistical
1: <laughs> <laughs> the dick of my heart can't take that oh no it'll break you're
0: gonna ruin your, your heart boner forever yeah i mean don't become one of those dudes who's like ugh. Women are all toxic, don't be that.
1: No, but Scorpios are.
0: <laughs> Scorpios are.
1: If you're a Scorpio and you want to date me, at me.
0: At, at her. I think, I think I've talked you around to trying one more time. If you're a if Sydney lover, it turns out to be a Scorpio. Oh,
1: nah, Okay, maybe I will just, I'll go all in. Because I am a foolhardy mother lover. I will just go all in and be like, yep, all right, well then, I was going to say let's go on a second date. How about we move in together? How I'm about that.
0: You're, you go full bore. I'm yep. s- I'm kind of the opposite of yep. that. Yeah, go hard I'm, or go home. I throw up hurdles and stuff. <laughs> uh, but that's...
1: See, I'm a relationship guy. I You like relationships? Yeah, no judgement for people who like one night stands, but I just, I like relationships. Yeah. Because if you, if someone's... Fun and interesting. It's like for me, it's like if you got a really delicious. Like there are no one-night stands. There's just failed auditions. You know, if you <laughs> got a a really yummy thing at a restaurant, you'd go back to that restaurant and you know get that thing again. Um, but yeah, it just weirds me out. And I, there's something really beautiful about it, like how people have this really hot, intense time with someone, and then go, "That was great. Okay, never see you again." But
0: I'm like, no, eat the food every day. You, yeah, you want to you want to buy it. Yes, you want to get a rental on it at least. Buy the food cow. I want a license over this item.
1: <laughs> and also, I don't know. I just think um, it's very freeing when you're in a relationship with someone because if something goes wrong, or you know, if you don't have to say, "Forgive me, I'm not usually like this."
0: Yeah, I'm on, You're on, you're not on tenterhooks. hooks. Yeah. You don't feel like you're always auditioning.
1: Yeah. Like I had this. Uh, my mental health was not so great in April, and I had this massive breakdown. I haven't had one um and I mean I define you know, the way in which I define breakdown is like I I don't know it's very me centric um but I was still I mean, like,
0: I think that is the one thing that all breakdowns have in common <laughs> yeah, no but you know as in like <laughs> I was still working
1: and stuff like I didn't like I'm very lucky in that it wasn't uh, my I definition mean, of me having a massive breakdown isn't me locking myself you know in a house for two weeks you know it's, I can still get stuff done it's just I'm at a much slower pace and um I I like had to wake my husband up at like 3 a.m. and I was like hyperventilating and crying and stuff and I was like, but hey, I haven't done this in years, isn't it? So I'm doing very well, like I'm getting better. This is just a quick relapse, but isn't it? It's, it's very good.
0: Yeah, I'm doing well
1: at this breakdown thing. <laughs> like, like pretty good. This is quite rare now. Oh, I remember actually pointing. Me like, this is quite rare now, isn't it? This, all of this that's currently happening, all of this.
0: Was he good about Pain in an hour, oh, yeah,
1: he was the best because he's amazing. And he was like, yes, you need a cookie right now because you're feeling very vulnerable and guilty that you're putting me through this. Here is your cookie. Yes, you are very – yes, this hasn't happened for a very long time.
0: Literal or metaphorical
1: cookie? Both. (laughs) Both? Mm. No, metaphorical. Cookies are – yeah. <laughs> where was that
0: thought going? I don't know. We should wrap up in a minute, but mm. where can
1: people find you online? Um at my website that's updated now. <gasps> updated it's website. So oh man, I need to do that. It's thelisasky.com. And so at thelisasky on.
0: It's
1: the Lisa Sky. You are the, the, the Lisa Sky. Lisa Sky. L-A-S-S-S-K-Y-E. Um yeah, on Instagram especially, but also Twitter and YouTube and Facebook. Uh, and website has all the information. Oh, and I've got merch now. Oh, really? Yes, yes. my friend James and I are doing... I need doing, to get around to getting merch. Oh, it's so fun. Um, James and I have got a, a, a doing cycles of badges in limited runs um, just because he's like... We share this weird brand of, like, sincere whimsy even though he's, like, really nihilistic and dark and, you know, and I'm basically, like, coughing sunshine. Um, and it's just our own weird brand of, like... Sex, drugs, and sin humor. Yeah,
0: look it up on thelisa.sky.com. Yes, and uh, I'll have you back again. You are one of my favorite guests. You are having tea with Alice.
2: the hoppers and every frame